Hello, and thank you once again for joining us for Now That's Nostalgic. Once again, I am Fernando Lau, along with my best friend and partner, Aja Lau. Hi! And as you may have already seen from the title, today's episode is going to be about the 1991, and I would definitely say it's a it's an instant classic, because this movie is, is and was huge, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Now, let's uh, first off, let's introduce all the characters in the movie. Uh, we have uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert Patrick, Linda Hamilton, who's returning for uh, her role, as well as Arnold. Arnold is coming back for the same character. And I believe we're introducing uh, Edward Furlong. This is his first role, I believe. Uh, if not his first role, then at least his first major role. Um, and we have other characters as well in the background. Um, one that I would like to just mention for a second, and I will... Uh, talk about him just for a moment a little bit more is Danny Cooksey. Um, and, and I always like to refer to him because when I was a kid, um, and still to this day, I, like I've mentioned before, I'm a huge 90s Nickelodeon fan. Um, so there were two shows that Danny Cooksey was on uh, that I watched a lot when I was growing up. He was uh, Budnick on Salute Your Shorts, and he was also Montana Max on Tiny Toon Adventures. And I just I I think that's really cool because a lot of people don't know uh, sometimes who he is because a lot of people know him more from Tiny Toons than from Salute Your Shorts. Right. So you know, there's a lot of times where you might go, "Oh, that's what he looks like," you know, because sometimes some people have just never seen him before. Right. Um. But yeah, little fun fact: we've got a little Nick, uh, '90s Nickelodeon in there, and uh, also this is the second movie uh, that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in 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 my list because we had him in Batman and Robin. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's see. We got, we're knocking out a couple of movies here and there where they're playing dual roles in my, uh, making dual appearances. And, fun fact, this is Edward Furlong's first movie. Yes, absolutely. And you can tell he is, he is young. He's so little. He's, he's so, he's, he's, I was he, like, oh. he is the ripe apple that fell right off the tree. I remember <laughs> watching this movie with my, my best friend, my best friend Linda, mm -hmm. and, uh, we watched it because we were all about, the Edward Furlong. Ah. We saw well, the well, movie and we were like, he's well, cute. So well, it, it became it's, it's, like an every weekend thing that we did almost. It makes sense because you know what? he was. It was 90s and, mm -hmm. and you know, Tiger Beat and everything. He looks like a kid. Oh, he was on the Tiger Beat. See, I, I didn't know because I, I didn't start doing magazines until like I was 14 and it was like wrestling magazines by then. Oh, yeah. he We, we had him and Jonathan Brandis and couple other people on the wall you know yeah no i hey no believe me i've i i get it i've seen it before you know i saw it a lot growing up yeah um a lot of uh a lot of uh folder or not a folder said the uh the three ring binders yeah where you have the plastic thing in the middle yep. i saw a lot of collages uh, on those and it was a lot of like uh the cast of boy meets world a lot of uh, uh seventh heaven mm -hmm. dawson's creek mm -hmm. just a uh, so much of it it's just oh it was it's such a cavalcade you know which I, it really describes the 90s the 90s <laughs> you know? tiger um, see kids will never know about putting posters of your little favorite boys that you watch on tv on your wall yeah no i mean i mean looking they, at them like ah yeah no now, know, now now you have it as uh as your wallpaper on your, your phone. wallpaper on your phone maybe <laughs> yeah uh, now, now that we've talked about the characters, let's talk about who they are. Um, first off, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is clearly the Terminator, the, the main guy. He's the Terminator. He he's on the cover for God's sake. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it is clearly him. This movie is his movie. 
Um, and, and I think maybe it's, um, I mean, I don't know if it's his best movie, but I'd say it's probably like the movie that he is the most known for. One of, yeah, yeah. Well, I you mean, know? everybody, this is the one, the, the, the movie everybody quotes. Yeah, exactly. Come like with it, me if you want to leave. Yeah, I mean, and in all legitimacy, I mean, who the hell, until Edward Furlong said it, I never heard anybody ever say, hasta la vista, baby. Never before nope. until <laughs> like like stuff, like, like in the movie he made it sound like oh we all say this in our world I'm like nobody no, says nobody this. says this like Whoever like it would it would have been it would have been more logical James if he went Cameron. hey he would have been like hey you know what Arnold you know what you should say oh snap and as if and holler you know like that that would have made way more like timeline sense no nope. uh, but no we have the Terminator who is a living. A uh, cyborg, cybernetic organism with endoskeleton tissue that makes him feel like a human being, but he's really a robot underneath. Mm-hmm. So he gets to bleed and he gets to sweat and he uh, maybe I'm sure one day might lose hair to chemotherapy if he needs it. But, you know, he, he he's There's an actual person. chemotherapy, dear. He, he, he can't get cancer oh that's true he can't he can't he doesn't even know how people cry yet he has a whole what's wrong with your eyes yet i learn everything yeah like i know everything about human anatomy yet i i don't know what you're doing out of your eyes um then we have robert patrick who in my opinion is like the creepiest character ever the creepy he may be creepy but he is by far the movie like that character is incredible. The T yeah. the T one uh, the T eight is it T one thousand? I think T one thousand. Excuse me, T one thousand. I'm sorry. Uh, I, there's so many T's with numbers. It's like God damn it. Like, <laughs> um, and we have Linda Hamilton returning as uh, Sarah, Sarah Connor, Connor. Uh, the mom of mm-hmm. the man who will save us mm-hmm. someday in the future. You know, and then we have Edward Furlong, who is John Connor. He is. The savior. He's, he's the prodigal the son. Guy. He is he, it. He's the guy. He is our. He is our man. He is the guy that we are. Whoever is left, he is at, it. Is it? He's the guy. He, he's you know. That there's nobody but else. But it's like eleven year old him. Yes, exactly. He's about eleven to twelve years old in this movie. I'd say it's about yeah, fair close. to say. Yeah. Um, now the movie itself. Let's talk about the plot. Now that we've gotten the characters, I feel like everybody. this movie was just them running the entire time. Oh, it pretty much is. This movie a lot made me so tired. A lot. <laughs> you better let me tell you. A rule number. What is it? Rule number two. Don't skip leg day or right. don't, or don't oh skip cardio, God. man. Because if you don't, you are gonna get caught. Like legit. So it starts off um, with the famous shot of Los Angeles, twenty twenty nine. It's only just a few years into the future, and the future is filled with. Uh, broken uh, concrete pillars and, and and highways that have been broken up everywhere. Um, there are piles of skulls and crossbones everywhere. And there are giant robots with these huge, giant cannon, like gun- laser guns, that are hunting humans everywhere. And that is our world in just nine years. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yep, that's nine years. Yay, it's going to only get better here, everybody. Yay. <laughs> Look forward to tomorrow, because it's only going to get more dark and bleak. <laughs> I'm excited, aren't you? Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, but then we uh, fast forward to... Uh, well, fast forward by going backwards in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to 1991, where all of a sudden Arnold Schwarzenegger and Robert Patrick uh, both go back in time. Uh, to 1991 to be able to try and a save John Connor and the other one is here to kill John Connor. Now here's the cool part: you don't necessarily know which one is which because in the original movie Arnold Schwarzenegger went after Sarah Connor, so we're all assuming, uh oh, 
Arnie is going to go after John. But wait a minute, plot twist, because we saw it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Arnold has come back to save John Connor. Mm-hmm. So the entire suspense of like Arnold possibly being the bad guy is out the window even before you go watch the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like one problem that I have, it's like when you watch a TV show and I love that Family Guy's called this out before, <laughs> when it's like you watch a TV show and the description of the show in like the little info thing tells you the whole story and you're like, well, there goes the story. Right. Like thanks for telling me he's the killer. Like why'd you ruin it? Like I didn't even get to find out. Like like who wrote this? Exactly. Like damn it. You had one job guy at the cable company. Mm-hmm. One job. So now that they're both looking for them, and we've gone past the scenes where uh, Arnold goes into the uh, bar and beats up pretty much everybody, and Robert Patrick beats up the cop and steals his shit, mm-hmm. um, now it's a game of uh, we need to find John Connor. So they're going to different places looking for John Connor. They finally find John Connor. That's where the Terminator and the T-1000 first meet and uh, have their little fight. Mm-hmm. And John Connor realizes, oh shit, I have my own Terminator. Yay! Yay! It's a lot like Kazam, but, but not. it's not, because it's not shitty. Take that one, Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm uh, kidding. I think he knows. I think he's he knows. well aware. He has to be. I think he knows. So now that John is aware that Terminator is on his side, he goes, oh shit, we should go save my mom. Mm-hmm. So they go save his mom, who's, who's at the Pascadera Mental Institute. I believe it's like a nut house. Yes, it's essentially the nut house. Essentially the nut house, or or as some celebrities might call a rehab clinic. (laughs) (laughs) You know who you are out there. You know who you are out there. Um, But a long story short, too late. They end up saving Linda Hamilton. Yay! Um, But not before the uh, not before Robert Patrick comes out with his little. Uh, hand blade thingies and and uh, like cuts them up into pieces it's his last resort (laughs) (laughs) suffocation no Uh, and then you know there's the chase scene where they like and 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 the first thing that I, i i always like when i was a kid i even called it out um is um the scene where the t1000 is uh he's got like his arms like a praying mantis and he's holding on to the trunk of the car oh yeah and arnold Shoots, uh, shoots him off at a piece of it, and then he flies off, and there goes the T-1000. But then John Connor grabs that little piece and throws it, and I was like, well, that was fucking smart. Now he's got your DNA. Right? Because, he can, because that's all he needs to do is just touch you, mm-hmm. and that's how he can become you. Like, you're so stupid, John. Like, how are you going to make humanity survive? Like, right. I mean, how legit. How is this the one? You're, like, if I, were, if I were, like, somebody from behind, like, from the future looking at that and looking at Linda Hamilton, I'll be like, you know, like, you, you need to, like, make sure to raise your kid a little bit better because he just, like, gave the enemy his DNA. I just, I just want you to know that. Like, it's like, really? That's what you're giving us? Right I, I, need you to, I need you to pay a little bit more attention, <laughs> Linda. I, I know that guy just licked your face. I know that that, that happened. That so weird. I know he just licked your face and you got to pretend like it didn't happen while James Cameron is looking at you going, yeah, yeah, m- more saliva. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's really weird. But, I mean, you, you need to pay attention to your son. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we've, 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 we've freed uh, Linda Hamilton. Now, um, we are finding out that the Terminator is actually a learning computer. And they're like, hey, you know. Um, if, if I, the more interaction I get with people, the more I can learn to be like a person because that makes me a better killer. 
because that's what the Terminator does. That's his, you know, of course, he's a Terminator. It's mm-hmm. what he does. He even says it in the movie. <laughs> so then they say, hey, we need to kill the guy. Well, not essentially, we need to kill the guy. But they go to Mexico to get some uh, guns and some help. Uh, Linda Hamilton has a fever dream <laughs> about the world blowing up and everyone's skin coming off and fire. and Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Let me tell you, that, that scene is intense. If it like yeah. I I was a little kid when I first saw this movie. Watching yeah. that like under the age of 10 can be a little intense. It was a lot. Yeah, you know. I mean, but you know, we made it. Yeah. You know, looks like looks we like made we it. Made we love you, Barry. Uh, <laughs> so then Linda Hamilton starts quoting no fate but what we make. So she goes off to try and make her own fate by killing Miles Bennett Dyson, who's the guy who creates one thing that starts everything that creates Skynet. Like, he's the guy who inadvertently says, oh, hey, look, we can do this, and then this turns into that, and then that turns into this, and that becomes Skynet. So the theory that Linda Hamilton says is, hey, if I kill this guy, we don't have to worry about Skynet. End of story. I could change the future. Mm-hmm. Terminator and Edward Furlong are like, no, 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 you can't do that. This guy is actually not a bad guy. Linda Hamilton realizes she shouldn't do that. We all take a trip to where... We have the pieces, because apparently that's what it is. Miles Bennett Dyson has pieces of the original Terminator Mm -hmm. that they're using to reverse engineer so that way they can figure out all the technology, and that's what creates everything. Mm -hmm. So they're like, hey, we need to go and figure out this thing and not have it happen. We need to actually, like, destroy the stuff. So they go to the location, the office building, if you will, um, where they have it all at. They take it to... uh, uh, they they take it out of there, but then all of a sudden they have to fight the T-1000 again. Uh, they make it t- through a really crazy car chase, as well as a helicopter race mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point. It sounds like a Fast and the Furious movie now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it ends up uh, that we freeze uh, the T-1000, because spoiler alert, in case we didn't mention it, it is liquid metal. And we have some sort of like Freon thing that freezes it. Then all of a sudden, Terminator blows it up by saying the famous Asta la Vista baby line, shatters into a million pieces. Again, it's his last resort. And then because they're near lava, um, it starts to melt the iced pieces. It starts to come back together. Uh, T-1000 fights Terminator. Terminator dies for a second, reboots. So they unplug the modem and plugged it back in so that way they can restart our router. Now we've got a good connection. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And if uh, you get a survey asking about your experience with me today, I hope you give me uh, a five and let them know that it was satisfactory with your experience with me today. One. Thank you for choosing uh, Skynet and uh, Cyberdyne Systems. Cyberdyne? That that would be my job. I would inadvertently work for... Hello, thank you for choosing Cyberdyne Systems. This is Fernando speaking. I want to work here so I can be just Southern the entire time. (laughs) Because every time you you hear Cyberdyne, you're like, Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. (laughs) Cyberdyne. Thank you for calling Cyberdyne Systems. And then uh, at the ending of the movie, Terminator kills the T-1000 by shooting some little... I don't know exactly what the gun is. But he shot the crap out of him. But it's essentially like a little bomb pellet, essentially, that blows up inside of him. He falls back into lava. He splits into three. He he turns into the letter C, like mm-hmm. he, you know, it's it's really it looks like like a, like a Russian letter because it's like the C with like a dash underneath, and then the thing at the top. Yeah, it looks it looks kind of interesting, or like a zodiac sign if you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he falls in, uh, dies in the lava. Then Terminator goes, "Oh hey, guess what, guys? There's still a chip left 
uh, it's me. You're going to have to kill me. Sorry to ruin your day because I know y'all fell in love with me, but now you got to kill me. And then he dies by giving him a thumbs up in the lava. And then uh, the famous dun, 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 music starts. And then directed, written, and produced by James Cameron. By the way, awesome that he did mm-hmm. all that. Like, he, he, I know I, he co-wrote, uh, co-wrote, produced, and directed this movie. That, Get it, James Cameron. He's not just Titanic and Avatar The same anymore. man that brought us Blue Smurfs and, and uh, uh, the Sinking Ships. Is, is the man who also brought us Terminator. That's crazy. He, he had something in both Universal Studios and in Disney. That's pretty cool. He has the Avatar ride over there. Uh, and the Terminator 2 ride that was there. Which we'll talk about at the end of this episode. I have to talk about that ride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's a big part of why I like this uh, movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, the, that was the movie. Now, uh, a, a big problem that I have with this movie. Oh, and and I told you that I had to talk to you about it. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so here's my biggest tip. First off, one big thing that I had an issue with that I realized today... Um, so at one point toward the end of the movie, um, the, the, t- the T-1000 is doing his little, I have a really long, sharp finger thing mm-hmm. and stabbing Linda Hamilton in the shoulder, mm-hmm. right? At that point, he has to have her blood on her because he went through her. So he has her DNA. Mm-hmm. Why is he telling her, call John? Right. I was waiting for him to do it. You could do, especially since at one point... He just dropped. I mean, I understand that the T, uh, the the Terminator stops him from killing her, but I mean, like, why couldn't you just be like, "Hey, John, it's me, Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Come over here." Especially so, being that he does it later. Like exactly, he 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 tries that ploy later on. Why didn't you do it when she was there, right there? Even like cover her mouth so that way when you start to talk, she doesn't like. Come on, like come on. Yeah. Like, you're an idiot with that. That's number one. And number two, here's my biggest issue. And this is why the T-1000 was destined to fail. I'm sorry. I love you, Robert Patrick. I love your reference in the Marine. But <laughs> I have to talk about this for a second. The T-1000 can turn into any, uh, like, anything that's like a, like a machine or like a, like a human or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that looks like a human. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he just literally look like the Terminator and be like, hey, John, it's me, the Terminator. Come on, because come with me. Snap, snack. Because he can't turn into that. Oh, no. Okay. Then even further, even further to argue. Now, I'm not, I was actually hoping this would be the argument. Why does he keep turning back into Robert Patrick? You could turn into any person and surprise him out of nowhere, but yet you keep on coming back as the same dude. No, I know that. I'm not saying it's not a good look. That was his look. I know it's. I'm not saying it's not a good look. This is sexy. But like I'm it's doing this. but this like is what, me. but that's so stupid. Like when he goes, okay, so at one point the T1000 comes in as Robert Patrick when he goes to the mental uh, facility. Mhm. To try and kill uh, uh, Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. But what does he do? He kills the, the dude, the twin from Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the twins from that movie. I can't remember his name, but man, I, I, every time I see him, I go, where's your brother? Mm-hmm. Wh- where is he? Because y- y'all both are always on the screen together. Every single time I've seen you guys. It's only been like a couple times. But every time I've seen... They're even, I think, in an earnest movie together. I think. Okay. 
One of the later Ernest movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he kills the dude and walks around as him. Even if it's just for a few seconds, he still walks around as him. Like, why do you keep... I, I'll t- the reason why he keeps going back to Robert Patrick, uh, as Robert Patrick, I know mm-hmm. why. It's because of casting purposes. I understand right, in right, this but world... I didn't do them, but I'm saying in this world, I was like, that's just his form. I, that's what he liked. I just... I, I feel like that's it would be... That's the one he wanted to do. I just... I feel like it would be really smart of him. Just think about this. If he all of a sudden turned into Dana Cooksey. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh my god, hey, it's me, Budnick. Let's go chill over here, Pecker. Boom, you're dead. But he couldn't turn into that kid because he didn't... He didn't touch him when he shoved him through the arcade? Yeah, but not, like, really. Of the No, no. Not intentionally touch. Like, I feel like he has to intentionally, like, interact with you in order to get your... Not just let me swipe past you. And now I can turn into you. I just, I, it's I like don't know. he needs to actually have their DNA on him. I guess, I guess like that on could, purpose. I guess that could be it. But still, nevertheless, I still think he could have found a way to like. No, he just that way was easier because he could slip in and out and do what he needed to do. I, I get it. Listen, you know when when you're the when you're the brother of the lead singer filter, it, it, it's the thing that you do because you want band recognition as well as brand recognition you know oh baby i i, I completely get it reaching now now one thing i will i i love i love about um him first off he plays that role so well like he is that, super creepy and was just creepy very straight he creepy. very he he played a robot-ish character and then very that well robot was just i mean yeah he, it had its flaws because it was like it was awesome because it was liquid metal and it had its flaws because it was liquid metal you know right, what I mean? exactly. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, A, he could morph into whatever. Like, not whatever, but anything he interacted with, you know, any person. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you couldn't really kill him. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it was very, very... Not with like, most conventional weapons You couldn't and stuff. easily kill him. Yeah, like, you literally you had to take him... You could him for a hot second, but because he's liquid metal, he just mowed back together. You, you literally have to, like burn him on a, like a different level that's right. which is you why it happens melt him in liquid with metal. the liquid with the liquid uh i guess metal that they burn at the end yeah exactly mm-hmm. it it happens though but yeah it's he's so good in that respect and i think that what i love is, is it's two things number one i mentioned the uh the marine which i mentioned to you earlier mm-hmm. um i when i went <laughs> i went to go see the marine in theaters because so because of course it's a wwe film mm-hmm. and and i say that now when there's like 50 different WWE movies out there and I that was, but that I was like the first one, one. it was like one Disney. of the first ones you know like mm-hmm. like me being a Nickelodeon fan I for sure went to go to like the theaters to go watch Good Burger and Harriet the Spy oh, but maybe but maybe not necessarily like Rugrats in Paris I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that movie right but like I had to had to go to the first couple of them right like at least for the support you know um and I just I I thought that it was it, this this movie is just so fun. Like it's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick is just so amazing. I love uh, the Marine. Uh, there's a scene where he's driving and John Cena. <laughs> I, I wish John Cena was also like listening to his own theme song while he was chasing him. Like he's just like dun, 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 dun. I'll get you, Robert Patrick. Mm. Just like he's just kind of making his own lyrics up. And then somebody, one of his henchmen, looks at says to Robert Patrick while John Cena is chasing him. He goes, "Hey, man, this guy's like the Terminator." And then Robert Patrick just looks in the rearview mirror, which we look at, and he looks right at the camera, like what? Like, mm. and I was like, "Damn it!" And then the other one, it's it's my absolute famous favorite. I've actually 
whenever it comes on in this movie, I rewind it like a thousand times because it literally makes me laugh so much. And I almost always forget when it comes up. It's, uh, it's the scene in Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. When uh, Wayne is driving to go stop Cassandra from getting married. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, no, is it uh, Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2? No, Wayne's World 2. Wayne's World 2. Um, where he goes to try and stop Cassandra from getting married. And he's driving his car and he gets pulled over by a cop. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he's just waiting there and the cop walks toward the car. And Wayne is like, you know, yes, officer, is there something wrong? And it's Robert Patrick. Oh, yeah, it's Robert Patrick. And he bends over with a photo of John Connor going, have, have you seen, seen this boy? boy? Yeah. And then Wayne just drives off. And it's so funny because yeah, I, I it's one of the, that's why I think sometimes Mike Myers is very underrated at times. Like I just, I, I've said this before to like some of my, uh, my improv and acting buddies. I feel like he's very underrated because he knows how to sometimes catch a good joke at a right moment and get it. Like that joke is one of my favorite cross references in any movie. Like it's not like the quintessential one. I don't know if there is one, Mm -hmm. but it's like one of the top five where it's like, you don't see it happen. And the moment you recognize it happens, it's such a big laugh Mm -hmm. because you're like, Oh my God, I did not see that coming right out of left field. Did not see that coming at all. Mm hmm. Um, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger's look in this. I-, I mentioned it while we were watching it. Nobody to me looks better in a black leather jacket and that kind of pair of black gl- sunglasses than that timeline Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, he looks... so, And I say that because then you see him, like... he He's aged very well, but then you see him, like, in promotional shots for, like, Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines... And he clearly looks a little bit aged in real life. Mm-hmm. And he's still wearing this stuff. And you're like, ooh, that hair doesn't look that good with that gla- that look. No. <laughs> because he had kind of like a spiky hair kind of look. Yeah. You know? So it's just like, mm, like no, Arnie, no. I think, like, no, just you're looking, you're looking good for end of days. But not. But not for Rise of the Machines. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Just no. By the way, I love end of days. Very underrated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'm a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, in case you haven't noticed. He's probably in, like... And and not because of his acting prowess. It's because of the entertainment value of it. Mm -hmm. He's in my top five. Mm -hmm. Like, just because, like, I can almost pop on any Arnold movie and I can find some sort of enjoyment to it, whether it's stupidity, like, in Junior... Or, like, I love Jingle All the Way. It's one of my top three Christmas movies of all time. Um, I love End of Days, like I mentioned. Uh, Total Recall, Eraser. Mm-hmm. There's just so many movies out there. Twins, when we even go into his comedy stuff, he's just great. I like his comedy. I, I, lo- I think his comedy is great. And I think it's because he is this big menacing guy. That, like, all of a sudden he just goes, you know, <laughs> fart noise, am I right? You're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> no, it's the, who, what? Who's your daddy and what does he who, Oh, my God, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> like, you see what I mean? That's my point. You just start naming movies and you're just like, oh, my God, I love him. Like, how do you not, you know? And he's he's so great. Kindergarten Cop was great. It's great. He's He's definitely in my top five all-time favorite actors because of the entertainment value. Not so much... Again, let me just throw that out there. He is he is no shit. He is no Oscar winner 
for <laughs> for for breakthrough performance. No. But but he is very entertaining. I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. He gives you a good action film and a good comedy film. Yes, he does. And that's and that's very hard because some people like you get one or the other, not both. And he does it very well. And I'll say this, I growing up, <coughs> I was so pro Schwarzenegger that I was anti Stallone. Oh no. See I was pro both of them. I just I was so like that that was the thing though. I grew up in the nineties where in the nineties making two brands and having loyalty was such a big thing like it was like that like pepsi and coke wwf and wcw uh stallone and schwarzenegger sometimes and then maybe jean-claude and maybe jackie chan like that's how it was with those guys it It was jean-claude and oh my god um not steven seagal yes steven seagal (laughs) those were the two i'm like ponytail well there's jackie chan too no but he wasn't when when john sean claude no that's fair he wasn't as big in america until like 94 96 he he wasn't you know he wasn't in that street fighter i appreciated both of them I didn't. I didn't. I and I and I and I can accept that now because it's like I go back and I watch. I, I've I rewatched like Demolition Man. Oh my god! I'm so mad that I did not pay attention to that movie growing up because that movie is amazing. We, that is a movie I would not mind reviewing because it is honestly it like you know how there's like movies that like you might have liked as a child and then you grew up and you watched it as a kid and you're like, I hated it. I never, or, 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 or you grew, exactly. You grew up to an adult and you hated the movie or vice versa. You were like, as a kid, you were like, ew, I hated, let's say, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but now I love it. Mm -hmm. This is a movie that I never saw as a kid and I never would have seen it because it was Stallone. But when I saw it just the, and I only saw it in the last two years, I fucking love this movie now like i can legit if i had watched it growing up it would probably be in my top 25 like it is so enjoyable See, i love why is it that you have to like if there's two things that are the same you have to like one and hate the other you could just like both because growing up i, I, I was a teenager around this time so, so growing was up I. <laughs> no but but like that's how it was at least that's how it was in my area like no, it was yeah like, but i'm saying why couldn't you just liked both because that's just how it was i where, know that's how it was i don't know i'm saying because like for instance you know boy band thing backstreet boys are instinct everybody you know either you're a backstreet boys fan or you're an instinct fan yeah no that's how, but that's how I, it was. No, I know that. But for me, I was a Backstreet Boys fan first. So that's why they had my loyalty. But I still appreciated NSYNC. At one point, I had gone to an equal amount of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC concerts. Till NSYNC broke up. The Backstreet Boys kept going. Right. So, you know, now I've been to more Backstreet Boys concerts than NSYNC. But for a while, I'd been to both. Oh, no, I get and that And people entirely. were like, China. I was like, No. Backstreet Boys always have my heart, but I'm not gonna hate on Instinct because they put out good music. It's it's in the same uh, it's in the same way as like when I was growing up, um, it was kind of like a three way stupid battle in the new metal genre between Mushroomhead, Slipknot, and Mudvayne because there were so many people that were like, oh, Mushroomhead is stealing from Slipknot because 
they're the guys that are more popular with the masks. But then people will be like, wait, but Mushroom Head has been around since like 1993 and Slipknot's only been around since 97. What does it and matter? No, I know, I know. But it's the stupid rivalries know, that saying. we make on our own. I, me, I love Slipknot. I love Mudvayne. I love Mushroom Head. I love for a little while as a kid, you fell into it because you liked. Because we were all. What you call it. But see, I never fell into it. That's how, No, I know. But that's just the society that I was in. And it's so stupid. It's it's the same because I look I back at it and too. I'm like, that was so stupid. You're not understanding what I'm saying. I am. I get that. We uh-huh. both grew up in the same society. I'm only five years older than you. I know. I know. I just didn't fall into the, I liked one over the other. I get that. I'm just saying. <laughs> nevertheless. I like them both. But so I was a Stallone fan and yeah, they, I, just, um, I, just, I appreciated I Arnold Schwarzenegger too. I love them both. They're both weird, and you can't hear them talk. I mean, you don't understand what they're saying, and they do actual movies. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean you're, you're not wrong with that one. That's, that's what, it, you know, there are two guys that were great in action films. One just happened to not be from here, and yet you couldn't understand what either one of them were saying. <laughs> but... And then when they got older, you put them in a movie together. Yes. What? <laughs> yes, several movies together, actually. Let's just sit here and stare at each other, because nobody knows what's going on. No, nobody does. <laughs> and, and, and I'll say this, too. Um, while, while doing this list, I updated this list so many times. I know you know this, because there were so many times where I would go, oh, my God, this movie, and oh, my God, that movie, that I updated the list, like, several times. Stallone was on this list before. Uh, uh, on the top twenty-five with uh, with Rocky Balboa, I okay. love that movie. That like, was I, the last one. Right? Uh, no, 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 no. That was well, the one before Creed, right? It's the one that was stopped, started before the last one before Creed. That's yes. what I meant by the it, last. It's one. the one where he's like, "Oh, I'm coming back to dream match it's against old. the the Floyd Money Mayweather guy, guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Mason Dixon, the Line Dixon." <laughs> I, by the way, wow, I like the Mason Dixon Mason line? the Line Dixon. I. I was I'm like, you know what? Done. You guys get that one. That you was guys, his name. That was a good one. But that's one of my favorite movies. Wait, I, wait, wait. That was his name? Mason Dixon. Oh, my Mason God. the Line Dixon. I'm done. Yes, that was his name. But, but I really like that I'm movie a lot. So it's, it's a really good movie. Stallone performance is amazing in that. And his speech that he gives to his son is by far one of my favorite speeches that I've probably mm-hmm. ever heard. Like a father-son have like it's so good very good great performance i love stallone i have loved the rocky movies a lot more over the years just he's great i I really do appreciate his performance but with that said schwarzenegger is by far in my top five it's it's him um i think maybe like people like tom hanks for example because almost every movie that he's done Mm -hmm. i really enjoy Mm -hmm. in a different reason for a different way you know, just there's there's certain people that like I could sit there and go, I like like Jim Carrey. I know mm. a lot of people don't like Jim Carrey, but I love a lot of Jim Carrey's performances. And, I enjoy the Jim Carrey. And, and I can I'm, I'm not going to say he's in my top five. I don't know if he is, but he could be a candidate. I like easily. the movie, the Jim Carrey classic, Once Bitten. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. Like, if we were doing a top 50 of my movies, there would probably be a few Jim Carrey movies in there. Like, I love The Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. I love The Truman Show. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a very big, uh, longtime fan of, uh, of Yes Man. I, I really enjoyed that one, because that's like a later Jim mm-hmm. Carrey, like after the 90s, and it's a great film. And, and I even like him as the Riddler. 
<laughs> I mean, it's Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Right. <laughs> Enough said. I love the fact that Tommy Lee Jones out, out Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey in that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you got to be on a different level of cocaine to out Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. <laughs> like you got to be on Robin Williams level ecstasy to beat Jim Carrey. That's funny. Um, I do love uh, that, and, and, and if I'm not mistaken, because um, Guns N' Roses is on the Terminator 2 uh, soundtrack with the, I think it's from the Appetite for Destruction album. Okay. Um, it's that song, the, eh, you could be mine. I can't remember mm-hmm. it right now, but like, I, I, the, tune is, the tune is playing in my head right now. Mm-hmm. And it, this was the first time I ever heard it. It's, it. it's one of those songs that it's like, every time I hear it, I picture it in this movie. Like whenever I hear Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, I picture Wayne's World. I don't ever picture movie music from that movie. Really? From Terminator 2. Well, I have no idea what, what plays in the background, other than random sound effects when he's shooting. Well, the song that they're playing is when, like, um, a- after Edward Furlong and De- and Danny Cooksey uh, steal money from the ATM, they're playing the on his boombox while they're on the motorbike, that um, loud-ass motorbike that they're going through I everywhere. I've never paid attention yeah, to Yeah, that. that's the song that's playing in the background oh. while, they're ra- while they're speeding by. Yes. Okay. And, and I only recognize it because it's like, how do you not recognize Axl Rose's voice? No, that... I didn't even know they were playing a song. Oh, and yeah. And I've seen this movie 908,074,000 yeah. times. Go back and watch it. You're going to be like, <laughs> huh, yeah, there it is. You'll be like, it's clear as day. Clear as day. You'll be like, wow, I can't believe I didn't even notice it. Like, I think me and Linda watched this movie once a weekend for, like, a lot of our childhood. And I don't think I've ever remembered <laughs> Oh, this is one of those I saw movies. In that scene. This is one of those movies where, um, kind of like what you said that you watched it almost every weekend. That movie was almost on repeat for like a good maybe like pff, two to three years on cable. Like once every week to two weeks, it would be. We on. watched that and Pet Cemetery too, because I think that's the one Edward Furlong was in as well. Oh, wow. Pet Cemetery too. See, I don't, I don't even go that way with Edward Furlong. The Edward Furlong that I know is Terminator Two, as I referenced before, Pecker, mm-hmm. um, American History X, and Detroit Rock City. That's the Edward Furlong that I know. Right, but remember, I watched this movie. Oh no, I know when I'm, it came out. No, I'm not. I'm not so, debating. I'm not debating. But I literally everything I know. Edward I remember Furlong Edward Furlong, young Edward Furlong, because I remember. I, I swear, I think. Pet Cemetery 2 was his next movie. It may have been. I gotta look it up. But I literally, everything that I know of him is like 90s. I think maybe Pecker might have broken out of the 90s. Maybe. I'm not 100% positive. And that movie is very interesting because it's him and, and... And I watched it originally uh, because I, 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 won't, I won't lie. I have and had had a crush... Uh, one of my first crushes was Christina Ricci. Yo, he looks bad now. Oh, my God. Oh, Sorry. my goodness. You're not lying. <laughs> wow. I mean, he doesn't look horrible, but he does no, look like he let himself he go. He looks horrible. Um, but, yeah, Christina Ricci was and is um, a, my first crush. Like, I always, when I first saw her as Wednesday Adams, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've always loved, like, the gothic-y look, like, Suicide Girls, goth. I, I've always been a fan of that look. And, <laughs> yep. Okay, yeah, so this is the Edward Furlong... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, it's you. okay, go ahead. This is the Edward Furlong I remember. This is what I used to watch him as. Um, so you picked him up in, like, this movie and then in 96. Mm-hmm. I remember Terminator 2, Pet Cemetery 2, American Heart, and Home of Our Own. 
I remember all of those. <laughs> what year was Pecker? Uh, Pecker was 98. See, exactly. And Everything all of these I, I remember were 91, 92, and 93. <laughs> exactly. See, most of the stuff that I know is like his late 90s stuff. I know I know of him from obviously Terminator 2. Right. But more of his stuff that I know is late 90s uh, Edward Furlong in that respect. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with it. But that's the Edward Furlong that I like. Like, right. I like Edward Furlong. He, he's, he's a good actor. But my friend and I used to have his little posters on our little wall. Oh, man. I could Because we were that. ready. I can picture it now. cutesy little <laughs> Edward Furlong. Too bad. Ooh, Lord. Y'all, time was, time was bad. I bet. Time was real bad. I, I want to know how many Danny Cooksey posters you guys had up to. I didn't have any Danny Cooksey I, I, I had a Danny Cooksey poster up. Like, I know I did, you know. See, now this one wasn't bad. No, that's That nice one's... <laughs> Wait, let's see. Hold on. What 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 year was he, this? He looks like he's trying to be like Johnny Depp with that little beard. Because hopefully maybe this was later on. Uh, but th- this movie's really good. I love this movie. As I've mentioned before, I mentioned it during the uh, Back to the Future Part 2 episode. Um, I love stuff that it's like the future looking back into the past. I love all that stuff. And this movie is by far one of those quintessential movies. Like... I love the first movie because the first movie is very much like a horror movie. Like, it's a sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. but it's very much like a horror movie. And then this movie is like a horror movie where, like, the original uh, bad guy in the first movie becomes the good guy because he needs to fight an even, even bigger bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's almost like as if, like, like Jason, Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, we might have to do that as an episode because that's one of my favorite all-time horror movies ever period it's not in my top 25 it would probably be in my top 50 but i love that movie it's so good to me like it's (laughs) as a horror movie fan it was just wonderful to see that 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 little payoff Mm -hmm. and and i've read uh i don't know where he is but i've read that ray mysterio jr is somewhere in that movie I would no not way. be I would not be surprised if it was stunt work because often at times mm-hmm. um, I've read that you know especially luchadors because they're so nimble and they can do so much that they do stunt work right and I, I wouldn't that. be surprised about that either just generally speaking um, but yeah I, I love the Terminator two um, movie um, another big issue that I have and this is one thing that I called out too so the whole plot of getting to Miles Bennett Dyson and and getting to the office was to steal. Uh, the the arm and the microchip from the original Terminator, right? Mm-hmm. So at one point, Arnold is fighting the T-1000. Arnold gets his arm stuck in essentially two giant uh, gears that pinch his arms tight and it clamp it. And he literally has to break off his arm in order to be able to continue to fight the T-1000 to save John and Sarah. Mm-hmm. He leaves behind the arm, the very reason that they went to go, like, Miles Bennett Dyson died for no reason because the arm still exists. So they can still... Well, no, didn't they? No, no, Did they he... didn't. No, he threw an arm. The arm that was in the office, he threw. Ew. He threw the arm in the office well, and the Well, you can't microchip. do it without the chip anyway. Uh, uh, and that one's been all smushed up because remember... He got it all smushed up in the thing. They'll they'll find a way. No, they won't. No, you listen. All I'm going to say is, if the whole point of it is to not leave anything behind, and you leave something behind, you fucked up. <laughs> like you had one mission, Arnold. One mission. Didn't he have two arms when he died? No, one. No, because he was holding on to the thing with the one arm. But didn't he get the thumbs up? With the one arm. 
Yeah, it's the right arm that he has. The left one, he breaks off in the spokes. Well, it's smushed up in the spokes. That's there. why at the end of it, he doesn't even like fight the T-1000 at that point. He's laying on the thing, and he just shoots him with perfect precision because the arm is gone. He's only got that one shot. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was either that or nothing. You know, it's nerf or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think this movie's great. I love the special effects. I, back then, too... Um, you know when, like, you, um, and, and I don't know if they still do this, because it's been a while since I've walked through, like, uh, the TV department of any store, uh, truth be told, because I haven't gone TV shopping. But back in the day, um, I used to go to Brands Mart a lot with my folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, not because we would uh, buy a lot of electronics, but also because, like, my dad had some friends who mm-hmm. worked there. We would go visit. And you know when, like, you would go watch, like, they would have all the TVs displaying, like, a movie or a show or something to say, look at the graphics. Mm-hmm. You see the difference between the TVs. I swear to you, from like 1993 to 1995, all they ever showed was the scene in Terminator 2 where the T-1000 breaks through the the window of the helicopter, then morphs into himself, and then the dude jumps out, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the helicopter starts to turn away, and then it cuts right back to the same scene all over again (laughs) like i was like guys can we like see the whole thing like or at least three to five the same thing happened when i used to work at tiger direct with the incredibles Mm -hmm. because every time i would watch it it would get to the scene where like he uh he gets inside of the uh the plane to get to the island then he gets down on the island he finds the he's walking around the machine finds him throws him and then mid throw you hear him go cuts right back to the beginning of the scene oh i i was like damn it you're cutting it right at the best part like they're just about to fight right damn it like same thing happened with space jam when i was a kid Mm -hmm. space jam same scenario right here's the setup Mm -hmm. they're driving to the basketball game it's the shot of everybody driving then everybody's getting dressed they introduce the tunes Mm -hmm. they introduce the monsters everybody gets set up in their positions marvin the martian holds the basketball looks right up and says ready and then it goes right back to the fucking driving right back to it that's horrible damn it i was like come on man like, at least throw the ball. Right. Like, at least. Like, oh. Give me something. Like, man. Oh, my God. I'm glad. I just, I don't know. But never. <laughs> that that was the last thing I wanted to mention real quick about the movie. I know there's a lot of other stuff that we could talk about. Oh, there's something I noticed. Oh, yes. What did you notice? I forgot to tell you this. What's up? So, you know the scene. It was the scene we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I meant to bring it up. And then I forgot. Where he's got Sarah Pent, where T one thousand has got Sarah Pent against the wall, and he's got the yeah, the his little his his knife arm hand, is a knife hand thing in her shoulder. This yes. is a little goof spoof thing. Uh huh. Right before they cut away from that scene, you can watch his arm bend. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, there there are a lot of it little. Bends a little. You're like oh. There there are a lot there there are quite a few things here and there that we could call out, but I'm not gonna. I could spend a, uh, I could spend so much nerd hours just sitting here talking about the continuity errors, but no, it was, that was just when I saw it. I thought it was really funny. I'm like, <laughs> it bent. <laughs> now, one thing I did want to take just a, a minute or two to talk about. Ooh, excuse me, I had a hiccup there. Um, is the uh, the T two three D trouble in time ride? Yeah, that was at Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Now I know it was also. Uh, in Hollywood, and I believe I read it was also in Japan, 
Uh, but the only one I ever went to was Orlando because it's the only one I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that's, that was my favorite ride. First off, it has a lot of childhood memories for me uh, because it was one of those rides that everybody in my family could go on. Because mm-hmm. my mom wasn't big on riding rides and my dad was, but I was like, I had to be in the right mood to ride like the roller coasters and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But a ride like the T2 ride which is just you're inside of a st- inside of an auditorium and just sitting there, you're yeah. sitting there and watching the show we could all do. So it's one of those rides that it's like it has a a bit of a sentimental spot for me because my whole family got to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um so so that's the first thing I wanted to at least mention in that respect. It has a very sentimental thing to me. Um and it's really cool because it's very much similar like the Back to the Future ride mm-hmm. where it can be used uh in the same lore as the movies, because it's kind of like in between part two and three. And you could tell because Edward Furlong is is, is, is a few years older. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is at least 1997 in that timeline, because um, the war has begun. Skynet is there mm-hmm. looking like the Luxor Hotel. Hotel right. You know, um, and, and, and it's really good. And it was a 3D ride. What was cool about it was like the first thing you did was like you were dr- walking through uh, Cyberdyne Systems, and, and you got um, the this tour guide, and, and she was one of the most chipper tour guides you ever heard. If you ever went on the ride, um, especially the first couple years, because yeah. then in the later years, some of the actresses that they got, they were still pretty good, but they just didn't have the same inflection or the same hit with the same jokes that some of the earlier ones did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so good because, like, I... I and I can even... You're going to hear it one day when whenever Dad and I talk about it. Like, he always goes, Super! Because that's yeah, how it I was think, yeah. with that ride, with that lady. And mm-hmm. it was... And it was one... It's literally his favorite thing about the ride. <laughs> like, it's it's legit. Like, it's, it, like, okay, he's also the guy, though, that he likes two rides in Disney. Are you ready for them? And mm-hmm. it's literally the monorail... Mm-hmm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to sing it because it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Oh, wow. Down at the end of yeah. every day. Yes. Or, <laughs> my dad, I, don't get me wrong, love that ride. But if you could just give my dad those two rides at an annual pass, yep. he would be fine. He wouldn't even need to go anywhere else. Just those two rides. For, where's dad? Well, he's either at one ride or the other. <laughs> I'll be at Big Thunder. Thanks. Like... <laughs> my mom liked what did she like oh shoot bug's life oh bug's life the tree the tree of life yep that's and a good that's a good ride studios she liked which it doesn't exist anymore but she liked the um backlight Ex- Exp- uh backlight express that's the rest the of studio tour black like oh my god english is hard backlight tour <laughs> it's okay ladies and gentlemen my wife is actually not this ungrammatically English is hard today. Capable, <laughs> um, but I love the ride a lot. The ride itself um, picks up where T uh, two kind of leaves off. We have uh, yeah. we have a tour of Cyberdyne Systems where all of a sudden Cyberdyne. they have they have these robots that they call Terminators. It's mm-hmm. almost like a little like a middle finger almost, uh, but it's more like foreshadowing. Uh, so John and Sarah Connor break into Cyberdyne, saying, "Hey, you guys got to get out of here." Uh, the T-1000 shows up, then Terminator shows up, then we have this 3D image of uh, Los Angeles in the 2020, and uh, 1998, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a fun fact. It's a 12-minute movie. 
The movie itself cost $24 million to make. I bet. That was a lot going on. Which it's still to this day considered per minute one of the most expensive movies ever made. So think (laughs) about that for a second. One of the most expensive movies ever made minute per minute monetarily was in a theme park. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And James Cameron directed this one too. So, and Arnold and Edward Furlonger actually. And so is Robert Patrick. He's only in there for like literally 20 seconds before he gets shot in the face. And then that's it. Um, But what we do is uh, in the ride, we destroy what seems to be like some sort of reactor that supposedly stops uh, Skynet and Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. LOL. We find out that's not the truth in Terminator 3. Which, by the way, Terminator 3, I, I, one thing that I don't like is that in Terminator 2, it was like, hey, uh, you know, you might be able to change the future and, you know, things might be better. In part 3, they're like, nah, you've always been fucked. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter what you do, it's gonna happen. It's still bad. Fuck you. Like, I was like, wow, like, damn, like, what a middle finger. Like, but I, and the one thing I loved about the, the Terminator 2 ride, I wanted to mention, and I mentioned this to, to my wife too, and she completely understood as I'm explaining it to her, because she's worked theme parks too. We, we, you know, we've worked theme parks, and, you know, we're very familiar with Universal Studios, we're very familiar with Orlando uh, as well, because that's where we live. Um, Orlando, boy, man, Florida, boy, does it get hot? Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And and the universe and like Universal Satan's Studios armpit hot. Yeah, and and Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. One of the rides that were one of the godsends was Terminator Two 3D because it and, and this is without even waiting in a long line. The ride with the queue, with uh, with the pre- presentation, the video, and everything is about a twenty-something minute. Uh, overall ride indoors so in the middle of summer it is a godsend because mm-hmm. it is all air conditioned all and then conditioned. and then at the very end because at the end of the ride um he blows up what's called the t1 million which is like an up obviously an upgraded version of the t1000 it's three zeros more upgraded than the t1000 mm-hmm. you know it's a thousand thousands it's in a thousand that respect thousand. Technically speaking, that's the million. Mm-hmm. And they blow it up with liquid nitrogen. And when it blows up, at the end of it all, um, this was the nicest part, a big, huge cloud of fog that's cold as hell rolled all the way across all the seats in mm-hmm. the auditorium. And you were super duper cold by the time you walked out of the theater. It was... one. It's, they it's, knew what they were doing. It, it, that ride is the same ride to me as when you go to Epcot. The I don't know if it's I don't think it's still there, but the Ellen, uh, oh yeah, Ellen's Jamie Energy, Lee Curtis, Ellen's Energy Adventure, yeah, the Ellen's Energy Adventure. That is like a thirty minute cold ride mm-hmm. too, and I those rides are like some of the best rides in the world when it is like ninety seven degrees outside. Exactly, there is it is there is the water is like super hot. You don't have any money for beverages. <laughs> like you're like, ugh. That is the only only saving grace in this kind of a like. You just want to sit down. And just and just be cool, mm-hmm. and you get that with those two rides. That was one of the nicest little wins that you got with only that thing ride. That used to piss me off is you had to stand up for the pre-show. That's the only thing, only thing. But man, it's comfortable. You get air conditioning. Just it was so nice. But then once you got to the main show and you could sit down, you're like, yeah. So nice, so nice. Twenty minutes of sitting down. So nice, absolutely. In the air condition. Which makes me all the sadder that it's gone. But we've got the born, but the born spectacular. Um, I can't wait to see it when I get the chance to. It's going to be fun. Uh, but we are uh, just about out of time. Thank you again 
so much, as always, for joining us for our podcast. Now that's nostalgic. Um, we have recently gotten onto Spotify. Woo! I can't believe we have a Spotify account, honey. Spotify. It only took us a couple of episodes, but we're on Spotify. Um, If you look us up on Spotify, you'll find us under Now That's Nostalgic. Um, You can also find us on Anchor. That's our main source for where we drop all of our uh, episodes as well. If you want to hit us up, we we are still creating a page. We've been having some issues creating it, but we are in the works of it. But we have an email. But we do have an email. Uh, It's Now That's Nostalgic at gmail.com. Uh, you can also catch us on Facebook. It's either Fernando or Aja, A-J-A, Lao, Lao spelled L-A-O. You can look us up. Uh, give us a like, rating, or review. Please let us know what you thought of our web- episodes. Any episodes that you might like to see. We're looking to possibly expand our, uh, our, our movies into bonus episodes. Anything that you think was worth talking about. We might even, I'm pretty sure there's going to be an episode where we have to talk about 90s boy bands because that's a big thing in my wife's world. Yes. And and it's a little bit in mine and it even to the point ties together with how I asked her to marry me. Yes. We'll talk about that on a bonus episode. Yes. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much again for joining us. Let me throw out our uh, Instagram and Twitters. Please follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Amnesia's Enemy. Altogether is one word. No apostrophes, no dashes, no nothing my twitter is at hi to everyone hi spelled h-i-g-h to everyone and for my wife my instas and my twitters are the same it's baby diva 79 b-a-b-y-d-i-v-a 79 and we thank you again so much for joining us for our episode of terminator 2 judgment day the next episode that we're going to be talking about and i know first off the first six episodes we've been in the 80s we've been in the 90s well, guess what? We are getting the hell out of there. What? And we are going past the millennium. What? Into 2004 for the Sam Raimi action superhero movie. And it is one of my, by far, favorite all-time superhero movies. Spider-Man 2. Yay. Not amazing Spider-Man 2. Nothing else. We are talking about Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, we have Alfred Molina, uh, a cameo appearance by Willem Dafoe, James Franco mm-hmm. before 127 Hours and Pineapple Express and The Room and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> he he does The Room, though. He the does the artist, artist. The artist. He does the, yeah. ar- the Yes, which is The Room. Yeah. Which is The Room. It's, just, it's The Room. James Franco's The Room. We're going to call it that. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a great movie. I legitimately love this movie. It's by far... One of my favorite uh, superhero movies. It follows really close to the comic book. And I spent so many hours playing this on PlayStation 2. <laughs> like, I'm, we're, we're going to geek out for a bit here. We are all out of time, though. Please join us again for our next episode. Again, keep on tuning in with us. We love you guys so very, very much. Please tell anybody and everybody that you'd love that you think that might like our podcast. Because we'd love everybody to just hear what we have to say. Maybe we share the same ideas. Maybe you might be like, wow, yeah, that is nostalgic now, isn't it? (laughs) But thank you again so much for joining us. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Take care. Night-night. Goodbye.